The United States of America was prophesied by Almighty God 2,500 years ago. These scriptures reveal that we are in fact in the end time, and I will explain this prophecy on this edition of End of the Age. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. The United States and other modern nations in the Bible. It's the foundation of the prophecy lessons that we teach here at End Time Ministries. And, you know, when people hear the words end time, many immediately associate them with the end of the world. But biblical prophecy about the end time is not talking about the end of the world. It's talking about the end of the time of human government and the beginning of the kingdom of God. The Bible clearly tells us that after the end of human government, there's going to be another 1,000 years of human existence. And this is going to be when Jesus returns, sets up his kingdom, and begins to reign for 1,000 years on the earth. Mankind has been allowed to rule himself for a period of time in order to learn that he really can't rule himself at all. But Jesus Christ is coming back and he will establish his kingdom and his kingdom will never pass away and never be destroyed. In uh, Daniel chapter 12, Daniel prays to understand his own writings. You remember, and in verse nine, God answers Daniel in a very peculiar way. He says, this is Daniel 12, 9, go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. God says no one will understand these prophecies given to Daniel until the time of the end. Well, guess where we're at? We're in the time of the end right now. We understand things that have never been understood before. And our understanding is not because we're smarter or more spiritual than those prophets that came before us. But it's simply because God in his sovereignty has placed end time prophecy in the hands of people of the end time because it's time. And I believe God did this because he wants to use prophecy these events that are transpiring according to Bible prophecy to generate one last great end time revival. That's prophesied in Revelation chapter 7. So how does this affect you and me today, 2,500 years later? Well, let's talk about the prophecy of the United States and the United States role in Bible prophecy. Now, We first have to consider what Daniel prophesies concerning the United States and other modern nations. The prophecy that highlights all the nations involved in God's plan for the end time is recorded in Daniel chapter 7, verse 1 through 3. The Bible says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. And then he wrote the dream and he told the sum of the matters. 
Daniel spake and said, I saw in my night vision, uh, my vision by night. Maybe he did have night vision. Um, and uh, behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea and four great beasts come up out of the sea, diverse one from another. Now, we understand that prophecy is written in symbols. So we need to understand and examine what these symbols from Daniel's vision represent. So Daniel saw four beasts. He said, um, a lion with eagle's wings. He saw a bear. He saw a leopard with four heads and a beast to which Daniel couldn't give a name to because of those Uh, He had never seen anything like that. But the dominant characteristics was its ten horns. The Bible refers to it many times as the seven-headed, ten-horned beast. And so, uh, or uh, of this beast, it refers to it as a ten-horned beast because it was not like a, a giraffe or an elephant or anything like that. So these symbols are interpreted for us. If we continue reading Daniel 7... We find verse 17 says that these great beasts, which are four, that's very important that you understand in Daniel 7, they're four separate beasts. Because something happens later on in Revelation 13 where these beasts are federalized together. But in Daniel 7, they're four separate beasts. And the Bible says in four kings which shall arise out of the earth. And then verse 23 of Daniel 7 uh, continues and it says... The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom on the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth. So therefore, according to to verse 17, the beasts symbolize kings. And according to verse 23, the beasts symbolize kingdoms. So we know for certain that these beasts represent nations along with the rulers of those nations. Then in Daniel chapter 4, verse 7 through 8, Daniel identifies the four beasts. In Daniel 7, 9, it says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit. So this is describing the transition from the kingdom of human government. This is told many times. Revelation chapter 11 at the seventh trump It's the same exact thing. It's the transition from the kingdom of human government to the kingdom of God. The Bible teaches when Jesus returns to the earth, he's going to remove all the human governments. He's going to establish his kingdom, which will never pass away and never be destroyed. So here Daniel is seeing these beasts with their thrones cast down. And Jesus Christ crowned king of kings, lord of lords. And it's at this time... When the 1,000 year millennial reign of Jesus Christ will begin. And this is what scripture refers to as the kingdom of God. In Daniel chapter 7 verse 11, Daniel backs up to explain what will occur immediately before the kingdom of God is established. If you go to um, Daniel seven eleven, it says, I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake. I beheld even till the beast or the Antichrist, we'll learn that later on, the beast was slain and his body was destroyed and given to the burning flame. Another account of this, Revelation 19.20, it's the same exact thing. 
So you say, well, the, the horn, what does that mean? What's the horn referring to? Well, the little be, the little, the last beast identified in Daniel 7, 7, remember it had 10 horns. These horns represent 10 kings who are going to form a federation together. And out of these 10 kings will rise up and uproot three of them a very and, and become very great one little horn. And so it's a very detailed prophecy, but once you get it, it's so awesome because this is where we get the United States in the Bible, and it's a 2,500-year-old prophecy. So when we come back, we'll continue on. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, volume one, Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations. You'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book, answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of Revelation. Don't miss this special offer. Call now, 1-800-END-TIME, or go to endtime.com to order. Call or go online now to get this comprehensive Bible study. We've seen Bible prophecy fulfilled like never before. From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith in the hearts of Christians around the world. We will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME right now. That's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. So <clears throat> we know from this and other prophecies, because you got to tie all the scriptures together, we know from this and other prophecies about this subject that the horn will become the Antichrist. So also from these scriptures, the three uprooted horns represent three kings. And we also know from Daniel 7, 11, there is one beast, one kingdom, but 10 kings who are apparently in alliance. Now, when we get into future prophecy lessons, we'll talk about this over in Revelation chapter 17, because all of these tie together. However, um, then one king rises up after the 10, up among these 10 nations, he uproots three and he becomes great, and he rules the entire world until Jesus comes. 
Other scriptures from the Bible tell us that the Antichrist will rule the entire world until Jesus comes. So this is all tying in perfectly. Then Daniel 7.11 is a, it's a prophecy about the Antichrist. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, or the Antichrist, remember, I beheld even till the beast, him and his kingdom was slain. Revelation 19.20, they're going to be cast into the lake of fire. Now, you understand that the Antichrist is called uh, many things in the Bible. He's the son of perdition, the little horn, the wicked one, the Antichrist. Several terms are used for this last day dictator, the Antichrist. Most of you would know him as the Antichrist. Scripture calls him, the, again, the man of sin. This is Second Thessalonians chapter 2. The son of perdition, the wicked one. And then here in Daniel 7, the little horn. But he's most often called the beast, Revelation uh, chapter 13. And he's also referred to as modern day as the, this antichrist. Now, these terms are all synonymous for this last day leader who will rule the world. We're going to be here on earth when he's here. You say, well, Dave, are you running scared? No, I'm not. Because I'm going to be working for the Lord and doing his will all throughout the end. The Antichrist should be worried about Christians, right? Not worried about him. He should be worried about us because we're having great revivals during that time. It's all prophesied in the Bible. So Daniel said that, he said, I watched and I heard the, the words that the horns spake, that this Antichrist spake. I beheld even until the beast, the Antichrist was slain, his body was destroyed and given to the burning flame. And the Bible teaches us when Jesus Christ comes, the Antichrist and his religious partner, the false prophet, are going to be cast into the lake of fire. Satan will also be bound for a thousand years at that time. This is a thousand years before the great white throne of judgment. Satan's going to be bound for a thousand years in the bottomless pit. And this is what Daniel 7.11 is referring to. So there's a lot packed in this Daniel chapter 7, a uh, bunch of verses here. It's, there's a, it, but once you get it, you can say, oh man, I understand. The United States and the Bible and other modern nations. So like I said, Revelation 19.20 gives a New Testament picture of the exact same prophecy. It says, and the beast was taken, the Antichrist. And with him, the false prophet, it actually calls the false prophet, the false prophet here. And that's his religious partner. They're going to be the leaders that they'll be the, the, a political leader and a spiritual leader of the world government and this world religious system. These scriptures reveal both of these leaders will be cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And these events described in these scriptures are referring to the time when Jesus comes back and destroys the Antichrist. It's very important in Daniel 7 that you understand the timing here. Because some people get these kind of confused that, hey, Daniel 7 is a mere image of Daniel 2. But those nations are done away with. The, the Babylonian kingdom and the Medes and the Persians and the Grecians that ruled the world during their era. Those are not ruling the world anymore. But these kingdoms will be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So once you understand the timing, it helps us to understand this prophecy. So the prophecy continues with Daniel uh, seven twelve, further explaining as concerning the rest of the beast, 
So the Antichrist false prophet cast in the lake of fire. As concerning the rest of the beast, what are beast? The rest of the beast are kingdoms or nations. The latter part of Daniel 7, 12 says they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. So the other kingdoms or nations will have their dominion taken away when the Antichrist is destroyed. This is at the second coming, but they will not be destroyed with the Antichrist. And the timing of these events, again, it correlates to the end of human government and the beginning of the kingdom of God. When does all this occur? The battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Just ahead of us now. So you say, well, uh, I don't know if I can tell we're in the end time. If you, once you understand this prophecy, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt, we are in fact in the end time. Now, there's many prophecies that show us that, but this one is very specific. So the Bible explains uh, humanity will continue on earth. This is not the end of the world. The Bible, uh, the, the Bible explains that humanity will continue on the earth for another 1,000 years after the Antichrist is destroyed. And the nations whose power has been removed will have their lives prolonged into the millennium. And this is significant because it reveals to us that Jesus Christ will return during the lifetime of these nations. You've got to be able to prove this. Once you understand the prophecy, you got it. You know we're in the end time. You can prove it to your friends, family, whoever. So the timing of this all depends on when those nations or beasts exist. The question that really allows us to understand if we are living in the end of the age is can we identify the nations? Who are they? Well, some teach that they are the ancient empires, again, of Daniel 2. That the lion, now I say some teach this, that the lion is Babylon, the bear is Media Persia, the leopard is Greece, and the ten-horned kingdom is Rome. And they say that there are only four empires in Daniel 2. There's actually, I'll give you a, a, a little clue to help you out just between me and you there's actually five kingdoms most people teach there's only four but there's five the feet of iron mingle with clay that's the reborn holy roman empire but let me let me let me continue on i don't want to get stuck there so there there is a inconsistency with that theory but a scripture that makes it plain daniel 8 reveals a ram fighting with a he-goat. And the, the Bible says in Daniel 8, 20, the ram which thou sawest having two horns are the kings of Media Persia and the rough goat is the king of Grecia. So this clarification really, it contradicts that theory that those are ancient empires. That Daniel 7, the beast in Daniel 7 are ancient empires. Another discrepancy is found when you consider the kingdoms of Babylon and Media Persia. Again, those, those empires that rule the world, they no longer exist. So it creates a real problem since the prophecy says that the beast of Daniel 7 represent nations who will be, on the, will be in power and on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. You understand the difference here? Now, when we in some lessons coming up, we'll be teaching on uh, the reborn Holy Roman Empire. The feet of iron mingle with clay 
does have something to do with Daniel 7. And we'll talk about that as we go through here. Because I'm going to be teaching you guys through these lessons um, on the end of the age program here. Just to make sure you got it and the foundation is set. So here's the next question. What nations do these beasts symbolize? Well, Daniel 7.4 says, The first was like a lion, had eagle's wings. And remember, what are the, na- what are the um, symbols, what are these animals symbols of? The uh, kingdoms and the leaders of their kingdoms. Nations or kingdoms. So the first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld to the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. So what do we see here? We see that there is a nation... Or there, well, so these are nations that will be on the earth at the time of the second coming. Well, of course, there is a nation in existence today whose recognized animal symbol is the lion. And that nation is Great Britain. The lion has been symbolized on Great Britain's flag. And in um, if you ever look at some of the old satire cartoons around the late 1800s, early 1900s, when they were talking about different nations in the world, Great Britain was always depicted as a lion. And then when you go to um, Webster's Third International Dictionary, it defines lion as a symbol of Great Britain. So it really becomes pretty easy. Uh, Additionally, um, Great Britain has been frequently referred to as the lion in news articles. And again, in many political cartoons, you go to go to the Internet and look up the um, British lion. And there are, there's a tons of them. Uh, let me give you an example. Just recently, there was an article uh, that appeared in The Guardian. This was June 16th, 2020. And the title of the article was, Boris Johnson is freeing the British lion from its cage so the world can see it roar. So there are major news sources that recognize these animals and what they symbolize. The British lion. And so this information really provides substantial evidence to support the belief that Great Britain will be one of the ruling nations at the time of Christ's second coming. Now, we move on to Daniel 7, 5. The Bible says, And behold, another beast, a second like a bear. And it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it, and and they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. So you have a a bear with these three ribs. Now think of it. John is seeing, or uh, Daniel is seeing this in a night vision. So imagine having this dream. I mean, what did the guy eat before he went to bed? I mean, come on. But obviously we know it's God revealing something to him. But think about this. It's 2,500 years in the future. Daniel wanted to know what these things meant. And the Lord was like, no, nah, Daniel chapter 12. Nope, Daniel, you're going to go and you're, you're going to sleep with your brethren. You'll be counted in your lot in that day. But this is for the people of the time of the end. Well, guess what, folks? We're the people of the time of the end. And we know about it. It's been revealed to us. So Russia is commonly associated with the bear animal symbol. The Council on Foreign Relations published an article. And I'm talking about major news sources. Council on Foreign Relations published an article in July 13th this year, 2020, to secure the election, 
tame the Russian bear in cyberspace. Russia Beyond News Source, January 15, 2019. They said the bear versus the lion. What's the lion? Great Britain. So the bear's Russia. The title of the article, the bear versus the lion. Five times Russia and Britain were on the eve of a war. Major news sources. The Center for International Maritime Security, April 22, 2017. The title of the article, The Reawakening of the Russian Bear. Business Insider uh, reported August 24th of 2020. These are all very recent. Russia's newly upgraded bomber just took its first flight. What was NATO's reporting name for the Tupolev Tu-95 MSM fighter? The Bear. It's Russia's fighter. So it's their bomber aircraft. So there are hundreds of these, folks. If you go to the Internet, look up uh, Russian Bear. There's hundreds of these articles. So based on this information, it's easy to believe Russia's another nation prophesied by Daniel to be in power at the time of the return of Jesus Christ. So you got two beasts here. And they're clearly two world powers. These aren't some third world nations you've never heard of. The lion, Great Britain, and the bear, Russia. You say, well, what about our United States, Dave? You haven't got there. We're not to that point in the lesson. Well, now we are. What about the United States? I mean, we're a world power, right? Are we another one of the beasts? Well, if you look, the Bible says in Scripture that the eagle's wings, and remember that, that Daniel saw a eagle or a lion with eagle's wings, but the Bible says that the eagle's wings were plucked from the lion. The eagle symbolizes the United States of America. And it is the, our nation's bird. Where did we come from? Great Britain. The, we come from the lion. The reverse side of our $1 bill. I mean, it's everywhere. There's, it pictures the eagle as our national seal. The United States was birthed where from? Great Britain. And 2,300 years after the, this scripture was written, America declared her independence from Great Britain. And so... We celebrate that when? Every July 4. Well, Daniel 7, 4 continues and it says, I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked. Daniel saw a description of the lion with the eagle's wings being plucked and it was lifted up from the earth. So this, this is a, a clear picture of the United States breaking away from Great Britain. And it appears as if Daniel prophesied about the declaration of independence all the way back in 550 BC. So you can see this is a, um, a revolutionary prophecy. And it's why we teach this as the first lesson of our Understanding the End Time DVD series. We start with modern nations of the Bible and then we continue on from there. Because you've got to understand this foundational lesson to be able to recognize some of the prophecies in Revelation. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, 
you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. I got to tell everyone, I love teaching and studying Bible prophecy. It builds your faith in the Word of God. I mean, we use current events to show how prophecies written 2,000 to 2,500 years ago are coming to pass right now. It's the only book in the world you can do that with. And so it builds your faith in the Word of God. The Bible says the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Revelation chapter 19. Why? Jesus said, I tell you these things before they come to pass, that when they come to pass, you might believe. Prophecies build your faith in the word of God. That's why I love going through this and love studying it. Because I'm a soul winner. I want to win people to God. And, if, and to do that, you've got to get them to where they will believe the word of God. The only book that has the words to eternal life. So that's what we do here every day. And I love it. It's our passion. And so I'm so thankful to be a part of that. Now, United States in a Bible. Another symbol that is commonly associated with the United States of America is a symbol of Uncle, uh, Uncle Sam, right? <clears throat> I mean, Daniel 4, 7, 4 says, I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. On September 21st, 2015, the Middle East Monitor Uh, published an article, Syria, between Uncle Sam and the Russian bear. And you remember when we were um, straddling the Euphrates River up there, the United States was covering the eastern portion and Russia was covering the western portion. And so it was talking about Uncle Sam and the Russian bear in Syria. And so major news sources using these animal symbols 2,500 years ago in the book of Daniel for modern day nations. So the correlations between these symbols from Daniel and these nations, they they seem pretty obvious, right? I mean, come on, you can't really deny it. The Lord told Daniel the understanding of the prophecies was for the people of the time of the end. These these nations didn't even exist 2,500 years ago. But Almighty God knew that they would be here and that they would be here in power at the time of the end. 
So if, the, uh, if these are, in fact, the legitimate correlations, it appears to be very evident Jesus Christ will return to earth in the era of these nations, Great Britain, Russia, and the United States of America. Now, moving on down through Daniel 7, what about the leopard? Well, Daniel 7, or so we got, uh, there's old Uncle Sam, and then... The Bible says, Daniel 7, 6. After this, I beheld, and lo, another uh, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl, and the beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to the leopard. Now, I have to tell you about a miracle that God uh, revealed, and he, he did for my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter. That when he was asking God for <clears throat> the understanding of Daniel's prophecies and specifically the identity of the leopard, God woke him up one morning and he was feeling this strong impression to purchase a newspaper. He felt God was telling them that, hey, there's information in that day's paper that would assist you with the understanding of the prophecies he had been studying. So he gets out of bed, cleans himself up. He, get, he goes down to a local diner. He was down in, I think it was Starks, Louisiana. If you've ever been through Starks, Louisiana, you basically blink your eyes and you missed it. So he goes to this local restaurant and he purchases a paper. Well, the first article, now he had been studying the identity of the leopard, okay? The first article he sees was the headline, Germany sells leopard tanks to the Netherlands. So he knew the United States had named um, one of its aircraft the Eagle Fighter. Germany has the Tu-95 Bear. And so the, the um, Eagle Fighter, obviously after the, its symbol, the Eagle, the United States. You can see uh, the Encyclopedia of Av- Aviation by Scribner's, page 63. And so it made sense for Germany to be associated with the symbol of the leopard in this way. I mean, imagine getting up and feeling an unction from God to go buy a paper, you're studying the identity of the leopard, and you see this article, Germany sells the leopard tanks to the Netherlands. I mean, come on. So several years later, an article from um, on February 20th, 1975, Irvin Baxter understood that back in the late 60s. So on February 20th, 1975, an issue of the German Tribune uh, an article read, A Great Future for the Leopard. And it was an article all about the, the German Leopard tank. And furthermore, <clears throat> I've got a document that I copied years ago off of the internet. Uh, and it was on Webster's Online Dictionary with Multilingual Thesaurus Translation. I'm glad I copied it because I can't find it now. But I've got the copy of the actual page And it states that the leopard is also the unofficial national animal of Germany, replacing the tiger, which was along with the eagle, the national animal of Nazi Germany. The leopard tank was also a German-designed tank, which entered service in 1965. So Daniel 7.6 says the leopard, dominion was given to it. So which nation in the last hundred years has had dominion in world affairs? Well, we've already um, identified and correlated the lion, the bear, and the eagle. That's Great Britain, Russia, and the United States. So we know the leopard can't be any one of those nations, right? But Germany is one of the nations who has had been the aggressor 
in three of the last major wars. The, the Franco-German War, 1870, World War I, and World War II. And Germany has been the dominant force in Europe for many years. I mean, she was forced to rebuild after World War II when she was almost totally destroyed. But Germany is once again dominating Europe as we speak. The European Union has become the, the world's number one economic power. The, and Germany is by far the strongest country among the nations of the European Union. Imagine when a uh, Greece thinks they might go bankrupt, where do they go to for a loan? They go to Germany. And so in, uh, back in, what was it, um, April 9th, 1984, there was an issue of Newsweek magazine. That particular issue of Newsweek was devoted to Europe. But there was a section um, within the feature story called The German Malady. And it read, since the time of Charlemagne, the founder of the Holy Roman Empire in 800 AD, we'll get into that a lot in a future lesson, the area that is now Germany has been the pivot of European history. And it also states, in the past 120 years, the Germans have dominated Europe intellectually, industrially, and militarily. Well, according to Daniel 7, 6, dominion was given to the leopard. Dominion. Germany's dominated. Okay? And I also think the election machine's dominion came from Germany. Isn't that right? Or had something to do with it, right? So that's just an aside, a point of interest, okay? It doesn't have to do anything with the prophecy. But still, the leopard from Daniel 7, 6 had four heads. Got to talk about the four heads. The other beasts or nations of Daniel 7 only have one head each. But in Bible prophecy, a beast always represents a nation along with its ruler. Remember, and multiple heads on a beast represent the number of times that that particular nation will rise and fall. We know that from uh, Revelation 17, 10. So if the leopard is in fact representing Germany, the four heads of the leopard spoken of in Daniel 7, 7 6 represent Germany's, the, the number of times it will rise and fall. Uh, you got um, Otto von Bismarck's first strike. Um, or I should, I'm sorry. Charlotte, it'd be uh, Charlemagne's first Reich, Otto von Bismarck's second Reich, Hitler's famous third Reich, and of course the fourth and richest Reich that's now rising. There was a book written by an American author called um, The Fourth and Richest Reich, How the Germans Conquered the Post-War World. And the leopard from Daniel 7, 6 also has four wings of a fowl on his back. So in consideration of the symbol, symbolism of the eagle's wings on the back of the lion and in correlation to the, great, to the lion and Great Britain in the United States with the eagle's wings broken off of the lion, the four wings on the back of the leopard, they are probably symbolic too, right? Well, the official emblem of France is the rooster or a, a fowl. And ever since World War II, France and Germany have worked together, they're still doing so today, under the Franco-German alliance to rebuild Europe. Again, go to Google, look up the Franco-German alliance. They're working together today. Uh, Emmanuel Macron of France and Angela Merkel of Germany, working very closely today on this European Union project. 
Well, together over the years, they have built what today is the powerhouse of the world, the European Union. And even though it appears sometimes that it's faltering, you can surely, um, it's surely going to play into the economic success of the European, in the, of European project in the future. Because they're, the Antichrist, this is where the Antichrist is going to come from. It's going to be his power base. And so that brings us to uh, what? Daniel 7, 7. The Bible says, after this, I saw in the night visions. And so there's the beast. You got the four-headed leopard, Germany. So after this, um, Daniel said, this would be what? Daniel 7, 7. After this, I saw in the night visions and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces, stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse one from another, from all the beasts that were before it. And it had, what was it? So he couldn't say, well, this was like a, this was like a, uh, a, a, a panther or this was like a, a rhinoceros. He just said, there's this great, terrible beast, but its main characteristics was the ten horns. Okay. So if you look at it, the 10 horns, this 10 horn beast in Daniel 7, 24, we discover what these 10 horns symbolize. Daniel 7, 24 says, and the 10 horns out of this kingdom are 10 kings, which shall arise and another shall arise. So when you think of this, this 10 horn beast. You just, there have been things that people have taught that it's just like there's going to be an actual physical beast. But you've got to understand the symbolism of all this. So there are ten nations that shall arise, and another shall arise after them, and he's going to be diverse or different from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. So here Daniel is describing one beast or one nation or one power, but 10 kings. So it's going to be a federation. It appears to be an, um, an alliance or a federation of nations. And it's going to be different from the others. Because the other one there was Germany, Russia, the United States, and uh, Great Britain. But this one here is going to be totally different. There's going to be these 10 horns or 10 nations. So Revelation 17, 17, 12 sheds a little more light when it says, um, And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as of yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. So the beast here is referring to the last day dictator. And the ten kings are going to subject themselves to the power of the Antichrist. So these will be ten nations that will be in alliance with the Antichrist, and they are actually going to fight against Jesus Christ when he comes back to tear down human government and establish his his government here on the earth. It's all in Revelation 17. Most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, 
we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 11.33. Enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Now, <clears throat> Revelation 17, 12. It continues and it explains the kings will receive power as one hour with the beast. And it's not saying that um, the, the, they're gonna, the kings are going to have power for just a 60 minutes. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that these kings will give their power and support to the Antichrist for a very short period of time. Revelation 17, 12 also says that these have one mind and shall give their power and strength to the beast or the Antichrist. <clears throat> so this verse further explains that these shall make war with the lamb. We, we, and this is one place where I'm like, these guys have to be crazy because when the Lord comes back, I mean, imagine the Bible says in Revelation 1, 7, every eye will behold him. As the lightning flashes from the east to the west, he's going to come split the clouds wide open. He's going to come with the armies of heaven, which are the saints of God. And the Antichrist is actually going, he's seeing this happen. The God's coming back and he's actually think, he actually thinks he's going to be able to defeat him. He's going to be totally deceived by Satan. But the Bible says they're going to make war against the lamb. And of course, we know Jesus Christ is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I, I, I mean, the Antichrist has got to be 100% deceived by Satan. I know he will be, but still, even a, 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 a rational thinking mind would think this thing is coming from heaven above and I'm, I'm actually going to try to fight against it. Total deception, if you think about it. <clears throat> and then in the last portion of Revelation 17, 12... It says the lamb shall overcome them for he is the Lord of lords and king of kings. It's going to be no contest. I mean, who can war against Jesus Christ? But they're actually going to think that they can. So it means that these kings will rule with the Antichrist, these 10 kings, until the second coming of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus returns... They're going to fight against him. And this is describing the battle of Armageddon. This is what's going to happen. The Lord's going to come back, plant his feet on the Mount of Olives. He's going to fight as he did in the day of battle. His saints are going to fight with him. It's told many times throughout the Bible. That's what this is describing. So we need to examine uh, probably some additional considerations about the ten horns. And I want to bring up another prophecy in Daniel from, from uh, Daniel chapter 2. The Bible says in Daniel 2, 44, and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the king shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces, consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. So this is where a lot of people say, well, hold right, Dave, you said that these weren't uh, tied together, that they're not a mere image of each other because the Bible says in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. 
So that's why a lot of people will teach that these are the same thing as, uh, these kingdoms are the same thing as Daniel 7. But that's simply not the case. Daniel 2.44 refers to the last 10 kings as well, but it symbolizes them in a different way. The previous verse to verse 44 describes Daniel's image prophecy. It's an image of a head of gold. Remember, this is Nebuchadnezzar's vision. A head of gold, arms and breast of silver, uh, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, and feet of iron mingled with clay. The legs of iron are the Roman Empire. So you got, uh, remember the Babylonian Empire, head of gold, Medes and the Persians, arms and breast of silver, the Grecian Empire, belly and thighs of brass. Then you get to the legs of iron, which are the Roman Empire. Those were destroyed over time, those empires. The Medes and the Persians destroyed the Babylonian Empire at the night of Belshazzar's uh, impious feast. Remember when the handwriting on the wall? The, the Nebuch- uh, Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian Empire defeated. And so they were destroyed as they, come, as they went along. But the feet of iron uh, mingle with clay, the very last one, represents the Holy Roman Empire. Remember the legs, Roman Empire, the feet of iron mingle with clay, Holy Roman Empire. Two different things. Um, The Roman Empire was established about 200 B.C. and ruled for about 500 years to 300 A.D. But the Holy Roman Empire wasn't established until 800 A.D., about 500 years removed. So you notice that the ten toes of this kingdom, they're also mingled with clay. Feet of iron mingle with clay. Daniel 2.44 says, in the days of these kings, the, the kings are symbolized by the ten toes. These are the same ten kings referenced in Daniel 7.7. 7. So you need to understand this because it's, it's very important because you can get tangled up in the teaching of these are mere, that Daniel 2 and Daniel 7 are mere images. They're not. Those nations were done away with. The Roman Empire with the Caesars and the, um, uh, the, the Senate and the gladiators and all, that stuff's done. That's all been defeated. That's gone. But now you've got the Holy Roman Empire, which is the current European Union. This European Union of um, nation of, of states where uh, they, they are, it's, it's really a, a model of, of world government on the earth today. And so um, that's the European experience is what they're trying to do. They're trying to have a, a, a world governing model that the rest of the world can buy into and then do away with borders and... There you go. We've got a big world government. That's what they're trying to do. So the ten toes are the same ten kings referenced in Daniel 7, 7, who are going to make war uh, uh, with Jesus when he returns. And we know this is referencing the same prophecy because the rest of the portion of Daniel 2.44 says, And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. When does that happen? At the second coming of Jesus Christ. At the battle of Armageddon. Uh, that's, uh, another reference for that would be revelation chapter 11 at the seventh trump. The Bible says the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. It's the same exact thing all the way through here. These things tie together perfectly. And additionally, in the days of these Kings, the kingdom will not be left to other people. 
but the kingdom of God shall break in pieces, consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So here's one of the things I want to make sure you understand. A lot of people, when we talk about the world government, and we talk about the Antichrist, and we talk about the, the uh, religious leader, the false prophet at that time of this world religion and everything, but especially the world government, a lot of people kind of get into fear mode because oh, this is going to come and, you know, uh, the Bible says it's going to destroy and tamp down the earth and break in pieces and this, that, and the other. Some things will happen. We know that. But I don't get in fear mode. You know why? Because I keep my eyes on the prize. I know what's coming. The God of heaven is coming back and he's going to remove, remove the human government. He's going to defeat the Antichrist and the false prophet. He's going to cast them into the lake of fire. And guess who is victorious at that time? The saints, the born again people. You say, well, I, Dave, I really don't want to have to go through any tribulation trials and things like that. Everybody's going to go through that. Everybody's going to have trials. You're going to have persecutions. And if the, whoever's um, part of the church, we're going to go through the tribulation period. Now, we can, you can turn it upside down, twist it and shake it. That's what's going to happen. Let's just be honest here. And you just got to keep your mind focused. You say, well, I don't know how we can do that under the reign of a world government. The apostles were here under the reign of a world government. Everything they did in the New Testament was done under the reign of a world government. Rome ruled the world during that time. That's why there were Roman force, forces at uh, Roman soldiers at Jesus' crucifixion. They had, Rome had occupying forces in Jerusalem at that time. And so that's why Jesus was taken before a Roman judge, Pontius Pilate, because Rome had occupying forces there trying to enforce the will of the Roman government. Well, so there's going to be a world government. Now, it's not going to affect every nation on the earth, but the big majority of them. Because the other, other prophecies tell us that some nations will escape from that. Jordan, Israel's going to, and the United States from the big majority of it. So, you don't have to walk around in fear mode. Things are going to happen. Just keep your eyes on the prize. Keep steady. Serve God. Stay on the path. And the Bible says, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. You got a promise. So let the Antichrist do his thing. The church is going to do its thing. We're going to teach and preach. Jesus said, Matthew 24, we're going to teach and preach this gospel to the end of the world. Then the end will come. That's what our goal is. However, it is from verse 44 here, Daniel 2, that we know the ten horn kingdom will be the revival of the Holy Roman Empire from Europe. The Holy Roman Empire with Germany at the center and its inclusion of France. Remember the Bible says the leopard was given dominion. And the inclusion of who? Like France, Italy, uh, the Vatican. They've always been part of Europe. So they're going to be involved in this stuff. Remember the leopard had the wings of a fowl on its back. The Franco-German alliance. They're working together today. And though the Holy Roman Empire ceased in 1806, it's prophesied in the Bible to be in existence at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So the feet of iron, um, uh, the ten toes of iron mingle with clay, they symbolize the ten kings of the ten horns in Daniel 7, 7. The mingling of iron and clay represents the coalition of a political leader and a spiritual leader. And these two leaders uh, from Europe, the European Union, will combine their power and influence and will be in power 
It's going to be the power base for the reestablishment of the Holy Roman Empire. The Holy Roman Empire is being reborn now. We're just prior to the second coming, folks. We're in the end time. All these prophecies are in the process of coming to pass. With the, um, what, the common market, 1957, the European Union in 1953, they've already uh, brought the 27 European nations together. And they have, what, uh, 500 million people, totally unified economically. They've done away with all their borders. They've got a common currency, the euro, and a European president. And this is the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire. And soon from this rebirth is going to emerge the Antichrist and the false prophet. Daniel 7.24 says, And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them. He shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. So you remember, Daniel 7.24 gives more insight to the ten horn kingdom. And the ten horns out of this kingdom, ten kings shall arise, another after them. And after the ten, another is going to come up. So it's going to be different from the first. So in his vision, Daniel saw this single horn come up, uproot three. And it's going to be a special sign to identify the Antichrist. We watch Europe pensively all the time. Antichrist is going to rise up, uproot three, and become very great. It lets us know beyond a shadow of a doubt the Antichrist will come from his power base, the current European Union. All this, Daniel 7, is, like I said, it's packed full of information. And so we know from the little horn coming up amongst these ten, the Antichrist will come from the current European Union, not somewhere in the Middle East or anywhere else, not from the United States, but from the current European Union. It's the reborn Holy Roman Empire. So there you have it, everybody. United States and other modern nations in the Bible prophesied 2,500 years ago. And it lets us know without a doubt that we are living in the end time just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. Now what you need to do is to learn this lesson and go teach your friends, family, and sphere of influence because they need to get ready for the Lord to return. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.